Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. I know it's been a while, but I'm back. Got a few things to talk about today. Syracuse basketball schedule is fully out. I'm going to go through that. Recruiting. Missed out on some 2023 recruits, and I'm going to tell you my opinion why. Syracuse football. I know I don't talk football that much on this show or barely ever, except saying that football is not good, but 2-0 start. Can I jump in the bandwagon? I'm gonna. And... Lastly, send it back. Send it back is a new segment I'm going to try out in the Dome Dog Podcast. Should be pretty fun. So, the schedule. We kind of knew some of it. We didn't know all of it. But now we have it all. Syracuse starts off with some exhibition games at the Dome, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Southern New Hampshire, both in the Dome, late October, early November. The usual suspect in non-conference, Lehigh, Colgate, Northeastern, Bryant, uh, Oakland, they don't play t- too often, but they're playing Oakland, Georgetown, you know, their old Big East foe, Monmouth, Cornell. Uh, Colgate's not a gimme anymore because Colgate came to the Dome last year and, and won, and they're not being a better team. But the, the games I want to focus on in non-conference really are the Empire Classic, where Syracuse can play Richmond, which when I say the word Richmond, or the school Richmond, I cringe because of 1991, the 15-seeded Richmond upended Syracuse, the number two seed, with a stud of Billy Owens, with a team that was 26-4 in the regular season, lost to Villanova in the first round of the Big East tournament, then lost in the first round in the NCAA tournament, first 15 seed to ever lose to a two seed, and it was brutal. We had probability in our math class about who would go where in the NCAA tournament. We did a probability lesson. We had all their kids on the board. It was devastating, and people in Syracuse were talking about that loss. For a long time, they still talk about it. I'm talking about it right now. But in that year, people didn't stop talking about it for weeks until UNLV lost to Duke. So it hurt. It hurt bad because that team was sick. But anyway, I'm not going to say this is a revenge game because Syracuse played them a few times since then and won. But always want to get that win against Richmond when you can. And then depending if Syracuse wins or loses, or they can play St. John's or Temple. Now, it would be really fun if they played St. John's because Syracuse plays St. John's all the time. In the Big East, they had a rivalry. Said it nice that time, huh? And there's kind of this thing that St. John's and Syracuse both claim as Syracuse claims their New York basketball team and so does St. John's. You know, you could argue is Syracuse staying in the New York State and St. John's staying in New York City. Whatever the case, they both had it on the program. They did a game a few years ago there and they both had it. We showed it in the picture. St. John's won that game, though, in the Dome, which was kind of disappointing. But it'd be really cool for Syracuse to have a nice fan base in New York City to play against St. John's, a New York City team, in Brooklyn. I'm sure that the place would be rocking. It'd be a lot of fun. So that's the the non-conference game that's kind of important there. The other one that I've circled on the, on the schedule is at Illinois in Champaign for the Big Ten HD Challenge. Illinois has been... Good during the regular season the last few years, but flamed out in the NCAA tournament pretty early. Disappointing two years ago when they were the one seed and they lost to Loyola Chicago in the second round. And last year they lost to Houston in the second round. So they're kind of a similar team just there as far as a mix. They've got some transfers. Matthew Mayer came from Baylor. He was on the national championship team. And a couple of guys have left their program. They have some new guys. So I don't see them being a powerhouse maybe, but it's always good to get a road win in a big conference 
especially like the Big Ten, because that will just help Syracuse at the end of the season. So then I mentioned some of the other games. Georgetown, always fun to watch the time it's in the Dome. The JMA Wireless Dome, not the Carrier Dome anymore. Uh, that's December 10th. Had that one circled just because it's Georgetown. Then uh, before that, Syracuse actually has an ACC game at Notre Dame on December 3rd. So it's kind of strange. They play all these non-conference games. They sandwich an ACC game in December. And they play four more non-conference games and then go back to the ACC. I think they just do that to generate interest. It's kind of strange, though, from a standpoint where they're playing in the middle of these non-conference games. Different, different level when you're playing Notre Dame than Oakland. But I shouldn't say anything about those teams. I don't know that much about Oakland. They could be really good and kick Syracuse tail and I'll look like an idiot. So that's that part. We get into the ACC. Then they go play Pittsburgh at home. They play Boston College at home. So those should be wins. At Louisville, you know, new coach, good tradition. We'll see what happens. That should be a, a tough game. At Virginia, Syracuse, Virginia have played some tough games over the year. Virginia is pretty much, once they completely own Syracuse, but they've won most of the matchups while they've been in the ACC. They play at home against Virginia Tech. They play at home versus Notre Dame. They go to Miami. They go to Georgia Tech. They play North Carolina at home this time. They didn't last year, so that's something new. Syracuse has to get that win. They play at Virginia Tech. Then they play Virginia at home. So another opportunity to get a, a win against a better program. At Boston College, don't think Boston College is going to be that good. I don't think it's going to help them. They can't lose that game. At Florida State versus NC State versus Duke in the Dome on the 18th. At Clemson, at Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest at home the last two games of the season. So only play Duke once. You can look at it as a win or a loss because whenever they play each other, it's fun, except for last year. <laughs> it was not fun at all. It was blowout city, but they, they played they played Duke very well in the ACC tournament and came very close. Um but Duke's different now too. No Coach K, Coach Shire, John Shire. Uh, a lot of the guys in the Duke team that were there last year are gone. So they're going to have some new recruits. I'm sure they're going to be just as good. Uh, but the opportunities aren't a plenty. I don't think in the ACC, maybe it has been in the past. Uh, playing North Carolina twice is good. Playing Virginia twice is good. They have to split those games. And the Duke game, always a wild card in the Dome. They've won games when they probably shouldn't have. I think Syracuse has to get that win. And then beat the teams they're supposed to. Boston College, NC State. Georgia Tech's been up and down. Wake Forest, same thing, up and down. Got to get a couple of those wins on the road if you want to make the NCAA tournament. People are always saying, not always saying, but people are saying a lot lately in Syracuse that this is a bubble team and they're going to be a bubble team this season as well. I want to take it a step further and I think they will, I'm not going to be a bubble team. I think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I don't think they'll be not sweating as much on Selection Sunday. Why do I say that? Because I think they've got experience and you know, Joseph Gerard, I think, is poised for his best season as a Syracuse Orange because he said in another interview he's not going to be playing point guard as much. That means that incoming freshman phenom Judah Mintz will play point guard. That means Thiamir Torrance will play point guard, which I really like. Do you remember watching the Duke game? He was carving Duke apart, really distributing the ball very well, and Gerard played well as a two-guard or off-guard, whatever you want to call it. And he's shown he can do things that Gerard in some big lights. 
in big games. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do this year. I know on my podcast and many other podcasts and message boards, people killed Gerard, but I, I kind of think this is more he's playing out of position. He should be playing on the off guard more, and I think he'll flourish more in that role. Jesse Edwards back after that broken wrist. What can he do? Can he bounce back? Benny Williams, kind of disappointing first year. I think a lot of people thought a lot of him. Could he played more? Could he got more potential? He also got hurt at the end of the season. He's back. And I mentioned Torrent. So he got four guys back with some experience. Then you get the incoming class of freshmen. They said Juniman's the cream of the crop. Leap Brown, you know, Virginia State player, uh, played against my nephew. I think he's a great addition as a, as a glue guy, as a person that can get rebounds, block shots, and one dribble dunk. Uh, the rest of the guys, Copeland, Bunch, a few of the other guys, they all can fill in a role. They don't have to be superstars. They can just come in and do their job. And I think this team can be good. And those are the reasons why. And you mentioned, I mentioned Gerard and Torrance and Edwards and Benny Williams and these, these five new freshmen that are coming in. Um, lately, Syracuse has lost out on some recruits coming in in 2023. I had mentioned the last podcast I did, I believe, Reed Descharme. He had Xavier. He had Penn State and Syracuse on his list. He picked Xavier. And I was kind of puzzled by Syracuse losing recruits to Xavier. And then J.P. Estrella, also someone Syracuse wanted, you know, a six foot ten center who can kind of do it all. And he decides to go to Tennessee. Now, looking at message boards and other podcasts and Facebook posts, people are like, our recruiting's down and we're not going to have a team in 2023. Let's get to 2022 first, people. All right. And the more I looked at it, I thought, well, why are these guys going there? And it's kind of simple if you think about it. If Syracuse brought in five freshmen and they're going to play, Next year, and then most likely the year after, not a lot of guys go pro. Maybe Drew Demence may be going pro. I don't know. We'll see what he does in his freshman year. And they also have Benny Williams and Edward Torrance and Gerard, although our seniors can technically stay another year because they played in the COVID year, so they could play an extra season if they wanted to, much like I thought Colt Swider would because I just thought he was the type of guy that would stay for two seasons. Uh, I had to go. Take his chances. He's got a two-way contract with Lakers, so good for him. But it wouldn't shock me if any of those guys stayed, especially Gerard and Torrance. Uh, Edwards, maybe not, just because of his size, but we'll see. And will Benny Williams still be there? So if all those guys are still there, if you're a recruit in 2023, why would you want to go to Syracuse when they already have a core of young guys and a core of a bunch of seniors? You may not play until you're a sophomore, and everyone wants to play right now. And I don't blame you for wanting to play right now. So that's kind of my theory on the recruiting. I don't have any sort of inside information of why those guys went there. Um, you know, some people, including me, said, where's the program going? Is Bayham staying? Is he going? How much longer is he staying? You know, that's a million-dollar question. We don't have any idea when it's going to happen. But if I don't have that idea or somebody else doesn't have that idea, that maybe these recruits are saying the same thing. You know, how much longer is the program going to be like that? They haven't been relevant for a few years now, which is kind of BS. I mean, they're in the Final Four in 2016. They're in 316 twice in the last three to four years. So uh, are they exactly where everyone wants them to be in Syracuse and, and the fan base? No, they're not. But as I said before, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a situation like 1991 where the team was great in the regular season and then they lost to Villanova and they lost to 
Richmond in the first round of the NCAA tournament or a team that progressively gets better and is ready for the NCAA tournament and makes a better run down the line. I'd rather have a team that makes the run because it matters more at the end of the season. And I think that's the philosophy Jim Beheim has taken on in his later years. It's like, it's great to be winning all the games, but it's better to win more at the end. So that's why I think the recruits are doing that. So moving on to football. You know me, I don't talk about football at all in this podcast. I stopped really watching circuit football a long time ago for various reasons. One, they're not been good. Two, I had to work a lot of times on Saturdays, so I didn't have a chance to really enjoy college football. I was either working on or working on a different sport. But I didn't get to watch it. And Syracuse hasn't had a lot of success lately, although you know, in 2018, they did start off 4-0 and went 10-3 and went to the bowl. But if you look at that schedule, they played some cream puffs in the beginning. One of the games they played against was against Wagner. Wagner for football? Come on. Syracuse this year, right off the bat, playing Louisville and winning is a big deal. I, I was meeting up with my family, and they were watching the game. And they're like, I'm not watching the game. I'm like, I was, I was doing something else. And you know, they were into it, and the Dome was into it. It was kind of nice to see, like, people at the Dome cheering the football team, and they were winning, and they won the game against Louisville handily. They came to Connecticut. They took care of business. Connecticut's pathetic in football. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned them in a different podcast of, you know, so should Syracuse punt football? Well, they must have heard me because they're doing really well now and they're going to play Purdue this weekend. They can beat Purdue. I think people like me and many other people around Syracuse will start paying attention. 3-0, beating Louisville and Purdue. We'll see what happens. I, I hope the program comes back and becomes more relevant again. I saw some great games in Dome with Donovan McNabb. Uh, against Virginia Tech, against Miami, where they absolutely pounded him. And that was the fun times back then. Um, Dome was rocking. People still go to the games, but not like they used to. And if they become 3-0, and they'll become uh, more popular and more people will go to the games. And I think it's good for overall everything, for the town, for the team, for the school, everything. So looking forward to checking that out. I'll kind of pop in and out of that game. I probably won't be watching it fully, but I'll be checking the score for sure. And now it leads me to my new part in the podcast called Send It Back. Uh, earlier, I mentioned Illinois and St. John's, how they kind of <clears throat> not stolen the motto of Syracuse. I uh, didn't really mention the Illinois part, but if you go on Illinois' website right now, they have uh, a player of their basketball team that says, Hail to the Orange. And it says, Illinois football hails hail to the Orange out October 8th wear orange and kind of made me rise, raise my eyebrow and say, wait a minute, Syracuse orange. Yeah. Illinois has orange in their colors. They have had it for a long time, but Syracuse orange. Why are you trying to uh, grab Syracuse orange dudes? So that's an example of send it back. I'm sending that back. You guys can't have hail to the orange. Syracuse is the orange. So send it back. But really this thing stemmed from my nephew, my brother telling me that I send food back too often. and I do send food back if it's cold or it's not what I asked for. Like if I ask for a medium burger and I get a well-done burger, I'm sending it back and I'm not going to feel bad about it. You know, some I definitely take the temperature of the restaurant. You know, some places you can tell, like send food back. It may not have something nice in it on the way back. So uh, I may not do it in every restaurant, but I've done it in a bunch. And so it, it kind of spurred this whole conversation of like, what do you send back? And it's not just, about food it's just about service in general like you send things back so in the last couple of weeks i've been 
explaining this concept to people and they've been giving me all sorts of examples. I'm going to clip this part of the video off as its own entity and audio off its own entity and, and hashtag it, send it back because I'm sure if you're like me or if you've been anywhere in the world, you've had these send it back moments. And mine in the last couple of weeks were a couple. One, I went to a coffee place. I asked for a coffee, a small coffee. They asked me, do you want an, an iced coffee? And I said, no, not an iced coffee, a cold brew. I said, no, I don't really like cold brew. I'm just in the mood for a hot coffee. Okay. They gave me like a look of death almost. And I'm like, and they're like, can you get, how about Americano? I said, all right, I'll take Americano. They said, because our, our coffee machines are off because we're closing in 15 minutes. I said, okay. So she rings me up and, I, and it's the price of Americano. I said, but you, you offered me the Americano when I asked for a coffee. So I can have a coffee price. She said, yeah, that's fine. Like, all right, cool. I'm winning. But then, uh, <laughs> but then they couldn't figure out how to make the Americano, which is pretty much, you know, hot water in a shot, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I might be wrong on a little bit on that, but it's not a hard drink to make, and they couldn't figure out how to do it. And so, long story short, they had to give me my money back because they had no other options for me. They asked me if I wanted a cold brew again. I said no, and they didn't really have any other options except for for tea, and I don't want tea either. So. That's send it back. You're a coffee place and you can't make a coffee or Americano and your only solution is a cold brew. Send it back. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that place. I was all ready to buy like coffee beans, maybe a shirt. I don't know. I like to support sm uh, small businesses, but when it comes to a place like that where they're lame and they can't even come up with making a cup of coffee and you're a coffee, coffee place, that's a send it back moment. So if you've got an example of something like that in your life, hit me up on social media. Send me a message. I want to. I want to hear your send it back moment. The other one is a lot shorter. I went to the post office. I need two stamps. You know that stamps are sixty cents now. Send that back. I mean, who wants to pay sixty cents for a stamp to go for a letter? I mean, you can almost walk it there. Gee. Anyway, I know that has really nothing to do with college basketball. Maybe Syracuse, except for the two examples I gave of Illinois trying to be the orange. That's a send it back moment. So I want to know your send it back moments. I want to know. How many blocks Jesse Edwards will have this season? Will that be a send it back? Be whatever you want. Something that you just don't like that happened to you. And uh, I'm happy to hear from you. Thanks for listening to Dome Dog Podcast. Fun episode. Um, went through the schedule. Went through recruiting. Send it back. Football. Uh, hit me up on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook page. I have a group. It's facebook.com slash group slash Dome Dog Pod. Uh, hit me up if you have my phone number I'm not giving that out uh, dome.podcast at iCloud is my email address happy to talk about any of these things and get it going